Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, how much should I be giving away to charity? That's right, man. How much indeed. Uh, and we're going to talk about ways to effectively give your money to charity. And, you know, we're talking about this topic today for a couple of reasons. One, it's just important, right? Like this is something that we believe in. It's something that we do. Uh, but secondly, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And as many folks are taking the day, hopefully they are spending some time reflecting upon the different blessings and the just the, the gratitude that should overcome us when we think about where we are in our lives I think a natural outcome, like a natural outpouring from that would be to sort of pay it forward, right? Yeah. Like basically finding ways to share your gratitude, share your, your blessings with 
those around you, whether it's actual individuals or whether it's with uh, other nonprofits. So that's why we're going to talk about this today, man. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to discuss just the different folks who should be giving their money away, the best ways to go about it, and, and also maybe some of the reasons why it is important for us to do this as well. Yeah, for sure. We'll hit it all on, on this episode, but I agree. It, it, sometimes the timing matters of when you talk about something and giving away money, one, it's close to the end of the year, so it matters more from a tax perspective, but it also matters because we're, like you said, we're in that kind of spirit, that zone of reflection maybe right now. We're experiencing more gratitude, more thankfulness this week, and that should, like you said, overflow, Matt, into, I think, our ability to give money away and, and give possessions away. But let's, before we get to that topic, Matt, I just wanted to mention listener Chelsea reached out. I have talked about, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago, or, or maybe it was even longer, talked about having hiring a pet sitter to watch our cats while we were gone at the beach. And so it, I paid, I think we paid like $15 a day to have someone come in and check on the cats. Pretty good. And uh, my goal would be ideally, uh, but we just moved into this house. So I didn't, we didn't have any neighbor kids or anything who would do it for even less. That would be ideal. But uh, she mentioned uh, a great thing to consider would be to join a site like Trusted House Sitters, which I've heard of and I know people that have used it, but I've never tried it myself. It's like and one of those sites that's popular among those who in particular have retired early. Like yeah. travel the world, perhaps the digital free. The digital nomad types. Uh-huh. Right? They love sites like Trusted yeah, House Sitters. Yeah. Because you join and then you kind of have access to swap with people across the world, really. And this is one of those things where if someone would watch my kitties in all likelihood for zero dollars uh, but the thing is I have to be okay with letting them stay in my house yeah. so it's it's a different if it, it's a different ball game like we're talking about something that's a little different than just hiring someone to come and feed and clean the litter box sure. but I think it's cool and I think it's worth considering it's something that's now on my radar I'm going to consider using the site in the future for for times we get away there is like a, an annual membership so you got to pay I think it's I think it's 129 bucks a year I'm, I'm not 100% sure but uh, yeah this is one of those things where you got to pay a membership fee but for some folks, if you're if you're gone enough, or if you want to use this to stay other places for free, to me that's one of the oh, one yeah. of the coolest parts of trusted nice house sitters. Little travel hack. Yeah. Well, and I, I see the the fee, uh, the the membership as a, as a nice barrier to entry sure. as well, right? Because you don't want the site flooded with folks who are just looking for a free place to. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of your dog. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you want there to be some barriers. You want there. You, you don't want anybody and everybody to be on there. You want folks to take it seriously. And so I see that seeing that as a homeowner. I, I want somebody to essentially be vetted and somebody who has some buy-in. So I see that being a, a good thing. But yeah. yeah, and oftentimes I think... That's why they call them trusted house sitters <laughs> and not just housesitters.com. Any, any old house sitter. <laughs> any old individual uh, taking care of your place. Yeah, but... Uh, or it, not. And generally speaking, too, I mean, that's one of the things that Chelsea said. She's like, you know, the downside is that you do have somebody staying in your house. But again, I think most folks would be more than happy to not have all of their stuff in the exact same position as it was when they left, right? Or maybe for, for, for things to not be in the exact same condition when you get back. Because most folks, I think, care about their dog, you know, their pets a little bit more than maybe not like their home, but maybe some of the stuff in their home that would get used. Yeah. And generally speaking, like if in, in particular, if, if you have a dog, kennels suck. <laughs> I mean, back when, like if we had Stella, our old Great Dane, she hated kennels specifically. And so having somebody to come to the house and to take care of her there would, would have been much more successful yeah. than the mini kennels that we tried that she hated. Well, and a lot of those kennels aren't cheap, right? Those are pretty oh expensive gosh, yeah. too. And so if this is cheaper... Especially if they have any sort of like daycare 
right. phrase or term <laughs> in the name of it. And it's not just a kennel. It's like doggy hotel. Plus grooming and pampering. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, that's going to be really expensive. You're going you're gonna to pay a premium. Yeah. But if you can if you can get someone to come to your house, your dog's more comfortable there. Your, your animals don't have to get uprooted. Maybe this is like the best option for a lot of folks. I know I'm going to consider it for sure. So thanks to Chelsea for the recommendation. And for anyone out there listening, if you're like trying to figure out what you do when you leave, when you go on vacation, what are you going to do with your animal? This is definitely something worth at least considering. Totally. Yeah. Well, but let's move on, Matt. Let's mention the beer we're having on this episode. This is Peach Cobbler American Style Sour by Shades Brewing, our last beer from listener Andy. Andy uh, sent us a haul. So thank you, Andy. He did. We'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. But let's get to that question, Matt. How much money should we be giving away to charity? And, and we let's go ahead and put it out there too. We promise this isn't a uh, uh, clickbait headline. We will answer this question most definitely during this episode. Yeah, with a lot of other context, yeah. a lot of other information <laughs> to go along with it, because a lot of people they do wonder this question: like, should I be, and how much should I be giving uh, away? And so, yeah, we're going to talk about that in detail. But you and I, Matt, we're, we're not farmers by trade, right? You you had a garden in your backyard for a little while. A little miniature farm. You had a few chickens. Like yeah. that's about as uh, that's about the extent of our farming knowledge. But from what we do know about growing food, it's important to let your fields go fallow for a certain period of time. Traditionally, if you're a real farmer, yeah, that's exactly. like real, real farmer talk right there. Let your fields, what'd you say? Grow fallow. Grow fallow. That's right. So it was go fallow. Go fallow. That's probably it. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. But like traditionally what you want is like one out of every seven years for those fields to not be producing because this allows the soil a chance to restore some nutrient balance. And a farmer might even plant something that doesn't earn them any money, like a bunch of clover, let's mm-hmm. say. Matt, I know you've done this, this in your yard. totally something we've done. To restore nitrogen, it's right? A, it's a nitrogen-fixing plant. Yes. Mm-hmm. So some a farmer might say, you know what, not only am I not going to produce on the field, I'm going to plant something. Oh, clover is pretty cheap. But you mm-hmm. might plant something in an attempt just to hopefully not overwork the soil and maximize uh, the yield in years to come. And if you don't do this, right, the, the the effects can be horrendous. You can actually destroy the effectiveness of the soil. And it's kind of counterintuitive, right? It certainly feels like taking time off from growing crops is going to be a harmful thing, right? That's going to hurt your bottom line. But the truth is that taking the opposite approach by constantly farming and overusing those fields, that it's going to, it's going to be more catastrophic in the long run. And so we think the same is true when it comes to giving away your money. It sure doesn't sound like a vital ingredient in the wealth building formula. Like you've, In fact, it sounds like the opposite. Right. It seems like you could, you could and maybe <laughs> should leave that one out in order to be use your money most effectively. But we think that it actually is an important part of the wealth building formula. And so Absolutely. that's why we're going to discuss that today. It's similar to letting your fields not grow fallow, but go fallow. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, in fact, is yeah, we're not farmers, but uh, it's not read some Wendell Berry, right? Like this is literally the majority of what he talked about in the unsettling of America, but just talking about the the farming practices that large agriculture uh, is implementing today and how it is in the short term it seems like it's productive but mm. in the long term the long term negative effects have quite consequential effects on the land over time but yeah we like we like the, one of the reasons we're talking about this today is because like here on the show we're like this is how to money not how to farm but we <laughs> constantly talk about the different ways that you can work to have more money right like whether that's through spending less money on stuff in your life uh, or through like keeping costs down on your investments uh, or it's through the different ways that you can increase your earnings but either way it can be easy to develop a hoarding mentality right where there's only one direction that money flows and that's in not out <laughs> uh, but we believe that that is an unhealthy view in so many different ways. And we truly do believe that by giving money away, 
even by by starting out with with small amounts that you are going to end up better off in the end now we're also not here to we're not going to preach the the prosperity gospel by any means but there's even a chance that you're going to end up with more money down the line but at the very least we do believe that you're going to end up living a happier and a more fulfilled life. Um, there's research that points to the fact that when you give money away, when you spend money on other people, it it go it activates the same neural pathways and the dopamine release is similar to, to when you have like a good meal or mm. a nice drink. And so you're rewarding yourself here in the, the immediate term. And granted, that shouldn't be the only reason that you're giving money away is to just feel good about yourself. But it is nice to know that at least in the immediate short term, there are some positives. You don't have to wait years <laughs> for this to end up being something that you see having a positive impact on your finances. Yeah, I agree. I think that is important to mention that it can, we don't want it to be purely self-serving, but the fact that it is something that's beneficial to your psyche, nice to your happiness levels. Top. Yeah, it, it for yeah. sure is. And the reality is that giving giving money away has been on the decline in America, right? For, for the first time in a long time, fewer than half of households gave even a dollar of their money away last year. That's down close to 20% from 20 years ago, where something like 70% of families or individuals used to give at least some of their money away. So fewer households feel like they have the ability to give away anything, or they just believe that it shouldn't be a priority in their life. And at least part of the reason for this is a decline in religious affiliation, right? A common place where folks used to give their money was to their local house of worship. But even with the rise of what's known as the nuns, who claim no affiliation with any religion, that might explain at least some of the giving drop-off. But even still, it's not like faith-based folks have a corner on doing good in the world or that they're the only people giving their money away. That would be far-fetched as well. So let's say you're someone who does fall into that nun group. That's okay, but there are still plenty of organizations that have no religious ties that could meaningfully use your dollars. So yeah, whether you are keen to give to faith-based organizations, whether you belong to one or not, like even even those faith-based organizations matter, seeing fewer dollar inflows. Mm -hmm. So I just hate to see that fewer people are participating in giving money away to their fellow American or to causes yeah. that, that need them. Yeah. And when you say nuns, you mean N-O-N-E-S, right. not the other nuns, <laughs> in which case you would think, wait a minute, they should be giving lots of their yeah, money away. The nuns. They're very religious. <laughs> no, it's, it's They're opposite. completely dedicated to the faith. <laughs> yeah. No, nuns means no religious affiliation. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting, too, is that this trend of folks giving away less of their money, it seems to be getting worse. Uh, you're talking about how fewer than half of households gave even a dollar. Well, fewer than one third of households headed by someone under the age of 40 gave any money to charity. So the leading indicator shows that this this downward giving trend that is likely to continue can, considering that future generations are, are giving less money as well. Uh, one bright spot, though, contrary... By the way, to, those eight-year-olds giving it a 2%. Clip, that's not good. <laughs> so, no, there is, there is some, some good news here. There are actually more dollars than ever before that is being funneled towards nonprofit organizations. But those donations, unfortunately, are coming from fewer, wealthier folks. And... I'm not mad at billionaire philanthropists out there, uh, but we can't expect government agencies and, and a few incredibly rich elites to do all the giving for us, right? Like what the downsides of having the majority of charitable dollars coming from these individuals is they typically are going to give to the organizations that they care about, yeah. that billionaires care about. And Which so, typically aren't going to be the most effective ones in your neighborhood. And it may, exactly. And it may not be, it may not have your best interests in mind as well. Yeah. And so that might like, be the bigger, more recognizable organizations that are doing work on a national level. But that means the one that's yeah. like tutoring kids in your neighborhood probably isn't exactly. going to make the cut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
for, like I love what Bill and Melinda Gates, what they've been up to. Uh, Mackenzie Scott, her as well. But there is still plenty of room for all of us, all the rest of us out there to participate. Uh, like you said, Joel, particularly when it comes to supporting smaller nonprofits that are targeting specific problems, in particular with where it is that you live. Yeah. And by the way, it is our contention that everyone should be giving their money away. Mm-hmm. So we're at, the question we're asking in this episode is how much should you be giving away? Well, we'll get to that. But it really should be, everyone should be listening to this, thinking not about what other people can do to meet the mission or to give their money away, but but think about yourself in this scenario. How can I be giving a money my money away? And we, we think that all of us have something that's worth donating. That could be even just something as small as used goods in our house that we don't need any longer. Matter of the church we've been going to, they're taking used coat donations for a local ministry. Very nice. So that's like one of those things that almost everybody has a used coat they can give, right? That, that That's not necessarily too stressful on your finances uh, to, to meet that need. You probably got a couple of jackets that you're like, you keep around, but you're like, I never wear these. Right. Donate those jackets. Exactly. And, you know, that could be volunteering our time to spend helping out youth after school. And and yes, it, it can and likely should mean giving away some of your money too. Maybe not just items that you have that you don't use any longer, although that's one effective way to give. And, and regardless of where you stand with your finances, if you're listening to this, you're trying to make improvements. And we think there's room in everyone's budget to prioritize giving, albeit to differing degrees. We, we don't want you to wait until you've quote unquote made it to start making giving a priority. Because the truth is, no one ever truly feels like they've made it. And if you continue to push this off further down the road, if you kick the can, the likelihood is you'll never actually feel <laughs> like you're, you're in the financial position to give money away. It reminds me, Matt, of, of kind of like having kids. That's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to wait until I'm financially prepared to have kids. And you can continue pushing that off for forever. I think both having kids and giving money away, they both feel like things we're never pre- prepared for. We almost have to start before we feel 100% prepared. Totally. Yeah. Do like Kate and I did and just put it on the calendar. Be like, <laughs> start having babies this year? Question mark. <laughs> uh, it's literally something we did when we were younger. Your whole life revolves around that calendar, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm a planner. That's all. That's all I got to say. But for those out there, maybe that's literally what it takes. And we'll get to like maybe some, some more practical steps that we can all take to, in order to actually implement giving within our lives. And by the way, but, I don't I don't mean put put that money on a credit, like give money on a credit card that you don't actually have. Like that's a different no, thing. Don't no, go no, into no, no, no. debt to, go, to give away money. But I think it's easy to say like, oh, I don't have a year's worth of savings. I've only got six months in the bank. Right. And, and you can always have a retort to not being financially prepared. It's, exactly. that, those are easy to make. Right. And by the way, also, we, like, we don't want to shame any, anyone either. If you're a, a newbie here at How to Money, uh, maybe you are behind on your bills. Well, we would want you to get your financial house in order before guilting yourself into a uh, recurring monthly donation, you know, to your favorite nonprofit. And actually, uh, no matter what, we don't want you to guilt your way into to giving money yeah. away. We want that to be something that you do intentionally. But it is also important to mention that even if you can't give much, developing the practice of giving at least a, a small, small portion of what it is that you bring in, we think is going to pay dividends in the future. Like you are building the muscle of being generous now so that you have the, the discipline to continue giving as you get older, as presumably you get wealthier and it's probably going to be more difficult. You think it's difficult to give 10% of your income now when you're making $50,000, you're like, oh, how am I going to give away $5,000? Yeah. Well, what happens when you make $200,000 or $300,000? It ain't going to get easier. <laughs> the dollar amount, amounts might increase, but I think, develop again, developing that discipline is what we're talking about here. We're talking about building these good habits. And plus, there's just something amazing about these, these positive good habits and, and how it is that they can radiate out into other areas of our lives. We think that that's 
I, I feel like that's something that, that I hope s- sort of sets our listeners apart maybe than other listeners of other financial podcasts that they're able to not just look at money as something like we talked about earlier that they are hoarding and gathering for themselves but to see the positive impacts that they're able to make with that money hopefully how do money listeners are, are characterized by being generous agreed Matt I think our, our there's like a different vibe about our show hopefully and and I think even in the the engagement we get from listeners when they respond to our newsletter or when they comment on Facebook or the way they treat one another is like it's so different than most of the rest of the internet our Facebook group is actually like a place where people are nice to one another which yeah. most groups on the internet or most comment sections are just horrid cesspools yeah. of negativity I think it has a lot to do with downplaying money right yeah. like again it is it literally quite literally in the name of our podcast how to money but oftentimes I, I feel like what we're doing is downplaying the importance of money and elevating humanity yes. whether that's others or other organizations or those in need just the different ways that we can bring value not only to our lives but to, to everyone around us yeah and the truth is that if you want to give your money away there are ways to do it more effectively and, and less effectively that's and so true. we want to talk about the nuts and bolts of the practical steps to giving away money and then how to vet charities we'll get to that later on too but there are all, there are also certain things some excuses maybe that pop up that prevent us from giving money away we're going to debunk a few of those we'll get to that first right after this Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, 
if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast, and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back from the break, and we will answer how much money it is that you should be giving away. But, Joel, you teased to this right before the break. Let's talk through some of the different reasons that uh, we're tempted to not give away our money. And oftentimes that's because of fear and uncertainty, right? Uh, A ton of folks out there have developed what we would call an unhealthy emotional attachment to their money that prevents them from from feeling comfortable enough to give any of it away, no matter how much progress that they've made uh, within their own their own wealth building journey. And it, it takes real work to move past some of those insecurities. Much of the time, I think those feelings are rooted in, in what folks have heard, uh, what they have learned, what they've experienced in childhood. Uh, and so, for instance, if money was a constant source of uh, contention in your house, you might have adopted some of those, those same feelings, you know, without even realizing that those feelings have you know, come from years of the different conversations maybe that your parents were, were mm-hmm. having, where it has subtly influenced your thoughts. It's like subliminal almost. Just yeah. Kind of by osmosis, you absorbed it. It's just kind of like this, it's, it's like this counter current, you know, like, like regardless of what's going on the service, there's a very clear attitude towards money uh, that oftentimes does impact and us. And most of the times we don't even realize that it's happened because it sure. was so, it just was the water we swam in. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It was the way money was talked about. And so we just assumed that this was how it should be and that this is the stance on money that we should take. This is, and it carries into adulthood. And we, we often fail to even reconsider maybe whether we should change the way we think about money in all of its aspects. But yeah, most of us are, are still predominantly relating to money based on the way our parents related to money, based on the way we encountered it as a child. I think so. I think we, we learn more from our parents than we probably give them credit for, than we even give ourselves credit for no. having learned within that period of life. And sometimes it's not credit, right? Sometimes, <laughs> hey, it's, it's not a healthy approach. Like yeah. I would say lots of times because we don't talk about money well as families historically. And so it, it is 
a problem that we often have to overcome because money wasn't handled well in our household. It wasn't talked about well in sure. our household. And so it's it's something that we're, we have to actually actively combat against. Yeah, definitely. And, and credit doesn't necessarily mean positive. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> sometimes it can be a way that you say uh, blame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I agree, you know, if, if you do want to make progress and to, to not make any future money decisions that we're faced with based largely on some of these subtle different money scripts that we've developed, I think we have to first recognize that these these scripts exist, right? Like we have to understand that, man, there is more, like there, there, there's more to this. There's more to the way I was raised than I realized. More going on under the surface. Exactly. And then once you recognize that, you've got to push back against some of those emotions, some of those feelings with data. Um, and we're going to get to some of this I hear, probably here in a second as we kind of dive into some of the more practical steps. Um, but you have to look at the actual facts, the actual figures and numbers and intentionally push yourself to do something that's going to feel initially uncomfortable mm -hmm. over time as you get better at it, at it it's going to be something where you will be able to develop some healthy habits yeah so one excuse or one reason people give uh, to not give their money away is fear and uncertainty another one is is passing the buck because folks often decline to give any of their money away based on a belief that someone else is going to do it and like you mentioned earlier matt like the billionaires they're doing it but that doesn't mean that all nonprofits are being served equally. Mm -hmm. And so in our culture, childhood and adolescence, I think this is a part of the problem, gets extended, not just into college, but well into your 20s. And <laughs> the the best example I can give of this is that federal law demands that young adults be allowed to stay on their parents' health insurance plans until age 26, right? Mm. And I feel like that's telling because oh, yeah. because <laughs> of that reluctance. Uh, part of that is is reluctance to feel like we're actually adults, and so the natural outcome of that it might be when it comes to chari charitable giving, at least that we think that the quote unquote adults are on the case that they're going to sort it out. But the reality is nobody actually has everything figured out, and there, there aren't these fictionalized adults out there who are coming to save the day. If you're listening to this podcast, no matter how old you are you are the adult. <laughs> and it's important to be the change that we want to see. I do think that that uh, period of prolonged adolescence, that refusal to grow up, to believe that we are the adults who have the ability to make impacts on the things that matter most, on the problems that our society faces, that in and of itself is a problem that prevents us from tackling the problems. That's right. Yeah. As we're talking about this, it makes me think about how it almost feels like this giant group project that we're all a part of. <laughs> and you think, oh, somebody else, this is going to be somebody else smarter that's going to take care of this. It's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're a part of the group. You are a valued member and you need to have input. You also need to participate and give your money away. Yeah, Emily's in grad school. She just did a group project <laughs> and just like brought me back to those days when you're like trying to pick the smart kid in the room who's going to take on most of the... We're trying to figure out how like, okay, And this then you might be like, wait a second, am I the smart one in this group? Do I have to do all the work? And oftentimes, like, I, I guess that's what we're trying to push folks into realizing is that we are truly the adults here and we basically I th that, that we need to sort of step up um, I think one of the other things too uh, like one of the interesting things things that happen is that there is this way uh, like when we do participate when we when we choose not to pass the buck and when we do step up uh, and give some of our money away it, it has this way of forming us right and so the, like what I'm saying is that like for instance you've got somebody who says they love animals well you can feel that way about loving animals, but until you give to like the like Wildlife Federation, whatever, I forget the name of that. Or until you come sit my cats for free while I'm gone on vacation. <laughs> or like you might say that like that you care about homelessness, but until you go and volunteer at the homeless shelter, until you actually give some of your money away to that organization, well, 
it kind of feels like empty words, yeah. right? And so it has well, this way the reality of that in our changing society, you. There is a lot. There are a lot of empty words, and in particularly a, a lot on on Twitter, right? There's a lot of saying that you believe something, and there's a there's a lot less backing it up with how you act. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's, it's just a way to kind of reinforce the values that you say you live by, and it puts some action behind the words that maybe you have stated before. Uh, Joel, another reason that some folks don't give is because they don't have the money. They don't have the funds. There might be some folks out there and they're just trying to stay above the water. Like they, for instance, they just want to save just a little bit of money. They want to start paying off some debt, which I totally get. Uh, And so again, like we don't want folks who are, you know, say in money gear number one or two feeling compelled to write big checks. But it is also true that there are a lot of folks who do have the means to start giving away something, right? Like they just haven't thought creatively. They just don't think that they can do it because they're maybe they're not tracking where their money is going. Uh, And so you might feel like you don't have the money. But is that actually the case? Is that actually true? Like what? Like examine your life, examine your expenses and ask yourself, what are the other expenses? What are the other things that you're prioritizing in your budget that might be worth forsaking? Again, not to guilt trip you, but sometimes stats and data can be sobering. For, for instance, Joel, we looked this up and 61% of children in low-income homes, they don't own a single book, Wow, which is crazy. It, it definitely makes me think differently about what it is I have, kind of going back to the gratitude and thankfulness portion uh, that we we're talking about earlier, but also how much more it is that we can give away if... We just opted to, to make it a priority when you're faced with the facts, whether it's what it is that you are spending your own money on or whether it's being faced with the realities of what others are living in their own lives. Yeah. Think about how many books you have on the shelf in your house and put that in juxtaposition to a large percentage of, of these kids who live in homes that don't have the financial means. They don't have any. They don't have any books. Like I know that we have dozens and dozens and dozens. In our yeah. house. We have an overload of books. So can we give some of those away? Yes, and we should. And reading that stat, Matt, made me want to do that. Like, <laughs> where yeah. can I channel these books and give away physical items that I own to benefit someone else? And I think uh, perspective and gratitude are massive parts of the equation that help us feel more energized to give and then more comfortable parting with our money. We often, we don't think much about the massive levels of wealth that we have as a society. And I think it's an, it is an important thing to focus on, especially right now this week, the insane progress that has made us all incredibly rich, at least from a historical perspective, over the past couple hundred years. For instance, in 1830, the average worker put in 70 hours a week. And guess what? Those jobs were a whole lot harder. It wasn't easy work. You know, 40 hours a week is is pretty standard these days. And a lot more folks work on a computer in an air-conditioned space, uh, on a laptop maybe from their bed. <laughs> like, who, who knows? <laughs> and I, again, I don't say this to try to guilt you, but to help us all realize just how good we have it, even if there's room for improvement. It's currently somewhat popular to talk about all the ways in which things are becoming worse. And it's not that there aren't problems that our society faces, but the when you look at recent data, especially over the last hundred years, just how much wealth uh, we have accumulated as, as a society and, and how many more gadgets and gizmos and cheap food and all that stuff we have at our fingertips, we have fewer reasons for despair than we think. That's right. Uh, but now let's get practical. Let's discuss how it is that you can get started giving money away. And we want folks to know that it is okay to start small. Uh, you don't have to, to go from, from zero to 100 as fast as a Tesla Model S. 
that would be Mackenzie Scott going from like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> zero to billions. It's like, wait, what? Uh, in one year. Uh, and, and by starting small, I don't mean just giving a few bucks like at the grocery store checkout counter, you know, like on the random occasion that you're asked. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that we would rather you pick out which charities you want to give to, yeah. to, to kind of feel more of a personal connection to where your money is going. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how to vet charities uh, in a little bit like you alluded to earlier, Joel. Uh, but in the same way that you can get started with investing with just like $1 on apps like M1, or when you open an account with Fidelity, it is 100% okay to give small amounts of money away as well. Oftentimes, I think even just giving any money at all, like just even starting with a dollar is like half the battle, right? Mm -hmm. Just getting the ball rolling, just starting in and of itself is maybe uh, half the battle. Going from that majority of people who don't give to the minority people who do. To all of a sudden being a giver. That is a pendulum that has swung. It's a minor move, but it's a major move based on like when it comes to your psyche. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to be rich to begin your investing journey or to start giving your money away. Uh, And so let's go ahead, Joel, and answer the question. How much money should you give away? We're not going to give a blanket statement or like a blanket dollar amount or even a percentage. Well, because uh, it's it, like we talk about everything is contextualized for yeah. the individual and their personal financial situation. And so let's say someone, this is their first episode listening to How to Money, and they are in tons of debt up to their eyeballs. They might not be ready <laughs> to give away any money, right? At this point in time. But hopefully if we you, want to challenge you to though, yeah, <laughs> and we want you to not, get to that. Point. That's not an excuse. Like That's right. Um, but that being said, so Joel, you and I, like both of our families, we give away at least 10% of our income. That's kind of our floor. Exactly. Again, that's not to say that that should be your floor or that should even be your goal. But as you and I were talking through this, we, we were thinking through, man, I think it would be totally possible for folks to start challenging themselves to give away at least 1% of their income. Yeah. Granted, I know it is a lot hard, harder to do at the end of the year when maybe you haven't necessarily planned for it, right? Because again, when we give money away, it's we do this a little bit month by month, you know, pay check by check, paycheck, basically. This It's not like something that at the end of the year, all of a sudden we're just like, and we, <laughs> we just crap out it like, here's 10 grand, <laughs> 10 plus percent uh, of, you know, your annual income preparation and planning for it. I mean, that truly is really important. But I think what's key here is identifying a percentage, even if it's a really, really small percentage, because just like with, as you're saving for retirement, right? So for all those out there who have 401ks, you right at, you know, you choose a a percentage of your paycheck that is going to go towards your 401k. Mm -hmm. Hopefully enough that gets the full company match, right? Yeah. But what that does is it allows you to stick to something that you've agreed to do. It's a mechanism, right? It's a tool. And it, it allows you, even as you continue to make more money, to still give according to the same principles and the same values that you've previously identified. And so in that way, I think it's something that you can, not that you're trying to put it on autopilot from the standpoint that you don't think about it, but that you are able to put it on autopilot from the standpoint of like, no, I have identified that this is something that is important to me and I'm going to live by it. It's in that way, it's like a a form of accountability. Yeah. I mean, I like that you mentioned planning it because budgeting for your giving and then doing it with regularity is a really important practical step to making it kind of this normal routine behavior in your life. And I don't mean routine as in boring, you set it and forget it because part of the good thing about giving your money away is that you can have a connection to the work that's being done, but budgeting for it it takes some of the fear out of giving your money away. You don't like, Matt, when you go to the grocery store, when you're at Aldi buying your groceries, you're not freaking out 
about the money you're spending every time. You're not like just nervous whether or not you're going to actually be able to afford those groceries at the end of the month because you've planned for it in advance, right? You know what your mm-hmm. grocery line item budget is. I think we shared it in uh, a How to Money newsletter recently. But there's the reality that when you have a line item in your budget, there is money there to cover that expense. And the, the truth is you can do the same when it comes to money you want to give away making it a line item in your budget, giving on a recurring basis to organizations that you care about. We kind of want you to treat your giving like any other subscription you might have in your life, right? Just one that's better for the world and better for your heart. Like it's doing more good than whatever you're paying to HBO Go or <laughs> or mm-hmm. whatever there, what, you know, whatever streaming service is your favorite. Your giving money should be allocated in a very similar way, we'd say. That's right. And it's, it's worth mentioning too, we share how much it is or the percentage that we give away, not ne- not to toot our own horn, but I think there is a contagious element when it comes to how it is folks spend their money, right? Like think about your friends around you in your life. And as they start talking about things that they're spending money on, you start thinking about ways that you can spend your money that aligns in those ways mm-hmm. as well, right? Like you've got a friend, he's talking about this vacation that they that they just booked or something like that. And you're thinking, oh man, I want to go on a vacation. Or you see you're hopping on Airbnb trying to find yeah, spots. Yeah, exactly. Or you got a friend and maybe they bought a new car or something like that. Hopefully it wasn't financed or anything, yeah. but you start thinking, man, my car is kind of feeling kind of shabby. And so in the same way, I think giving it, it, it appeals to that same sort of natural tendency, that same behavior. And so we share this as well because we want more folks out there to be givers. And it's even probably worth sacrificing in order to be able to give. Uh, and the, the truth is, if you're listening to this episode and you're starting to think that maybe you'd like to start giving, but maybe you're just not sure if you have the wiggle room in your budget as it's currently constructed, you you might need to make some adjustments to your spending. And I know that's easier said than done, especially with inflation doing its thing currently. But we always find time. We always find the money for the things that are actually important to us. We just have to take the time and identify those things that aren't necessarily providing us the value and instead finding ways to funnel those dollars to some of these different charities, some of these different organizations and nonprofits that will move the needle. But we want you to at least consider spending less in order to, to make giving a possibility. And one other thing worth mentioning, when we, we touched on this earlier, I think, but you don't necessarily have to just give money. Uh, you can give of your time. And so volunteering to help your favorite nonprofit out with some elbow grease, uh, with some of your time, that can be a perfect place to begin if you are feeling a bit constrained yeah. when it comes to your budget. Because let's say one of our listeners, Matt, like out there, they're saying, listen, I, I've got $15,000 with the credit card debt I'm still trying to pay off. And I have this plan because we've talked about paying off debt. I, I went to undebt.it and I am ready to pay that sucker off in the next 14 months. We would say, awesome. And you know what? If you want to wait until you can actually start giving money, until you're completely done with credit card debt, that's fine. We get that. But at least in that interim, over these next 14 months, can you find other ways to give? And whether that is, like you just said, your time, or whether that is old jackets you got in the house or something like that, or old books you've got lying around, there are other ways to at least start giving to exercise that muscle before you're ready to start writing a check or writing, no one writes checks, but like to start making a recurring payment every single month. But simultaneously, I think it's worth challenging yourself to not necessarily pro like to put like we we touched on this earlier, but pushing off that giving, because I think it can be a slippery slope because any sort of financial goal could be like a noble cause where you're like, oh, I got a ton of debt. I got to pay off. It's like, well, now I got to, I want to make sure I'm getting that match, uh, you know, with my 401k. Like these are all great goals. And then I want to max out the 401k. And then I max out Where are you going to draw the line? Because you continue to push these goalposts out further and ultimately what you're doing is you you are still focusing on yourself rather than others. Yeah. Even though that they are good goals to have, uh, it is worth, I think, challenging yourself to say, okay, even though I'm in a tough financial situation, 
but I know my power's not going to get cut off tomorrow. Uh, it might feel like you've got bills, but like, again, are these bills related to entertainment? And maybe those are bills that you can begin to remove from your life and instead spend some of that money towards yeah. uh, others. And again, it can be small. You're right. And, and you know what? It, it, it's okay, we would say, to push your financial goals uh, make if it takes just a little bit longer to reach some of them because you're prioritizing giving, we think that's still a good thing because it's helping you have that better relationship with money, a healthier attachment or detachment from it. Yep. Right? Even though money is an important tool, it's not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. And giving helps us realize that. Giving regularly helps us realize that. But Matt, we've got more to get to. We specifically want to talk about how you give, where you give your dollars, and then knowing which charities are going to make the best use of the money you're giving away. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances so if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house. Or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, 
the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break. We're talking through some of these practical steps when it comes to the best ways to effectively give your money away. And one of the things that, Joel, we would recommend for folks to do is to follow the impact of your dollars. And what we mean by that, uh, none of us wants to give money away just out into the ether, like out into blank space, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and the truth is, especially this time of year, board at like nonprofits and be like, yeah, I guess I'll give there this year. Like you well, want it to have a connection to something you care right. about. Right. But that's assuming there's a dartboard even there. Like, like the way I picture it is just like, you're just throwing it out there and it's like, where's it going to land? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's something that you're giving to. Uh, but what, what I was saying though, is like this time of year, we're constantly being asked for money, uh, sort of these, these year end gifts. And a lot of folks, I think they feel overwhelmed and they either shut down completely or they might give small amounts of money, maybe kind of small amounts along the way. But the difficult thing about, I think, taking that tactic is that we often feel removed from where our dollars are going and and what they're doing. We might even forget (laughs) which organizations we've given to, you know, when we sort of piecemeal these donations out. And again, that's not the worst thing in the world, but it is so much better for us when we proactively decide where to give our money, you know, not just giving spur of the moment. Uh, And it just allows us to gauge the impact more clearly. And I think by doing that enough, we can oftentimes make sort of a a transition from feeling like that we're having to what feels like a sacrifice to being able to spend our money in a way that not only aligns with our values, but because it aligns with our values, that it's something that we look forward to. Yeah. I think for some folks, there might be a clear moment in time where it switches in their head and all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, this used to be a chore, but now it feels like an opportunity for me to spend my money in a way that helps others, but also kind of brings me some joy as well. But I th- but for other folks, it might be a more of a process, right? Like we're over a number of years, they might start to feel better about the money that they're giving. I think there's a lot of different folks out there and it it depends on who you are. But however it is that you can identify and ground yourself to some of these specific specific organizations, I think it's going to allow your dollars to to feel like that they're going further for you, which I think is going to lead to more success, more successful giving. It's going to be something that you're going to be able to maintain. Long-term sustained ability to continue doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like what you said about following the impact of your dollars because dropping a few coins in to a Santa ring a bell bucket, right? Salvation Army uh, asking for donations in front of a Walmart or something like that. I'm not saying that's bad. Continue to do that if that's important to you. But I think sometimes we just feel guilty. We give out of guilt in a situation like that. Or when someone comes straight up in (laughs) in our face when we're out and about asking for money we're liable maybe to give in that circumstance as opposed to being thoughtful about the money we're giving ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And and we would like to know that the dollars we release into the world are, are 
actually doing good and we'd like to understand and see which way they're having an impact. So we would say, consider asking a favorite local nonprofit what it is they need and how you can help meet that need. You might be able to see the exact way in which those dollars are being spent. Also, do something as simple as like signing up for the newsletter uh, of that nonprofit to follow along with their progress. I'm sure they send something out weekly or monthly that can help you stay abreast of of what they're doing and how they're having an impact where they exist and with what they're doing. It's a great way to connect the money you're giving away to good work being done that impacts the lives of others. Man, it makes me think of a some money I recently gave away to a nonprofit that we love that Emily and I are tied to. And they were able to tell me exactly how they were going to use the money that I was giving to them, which made me really excited <laughs> to give. I was like, oh, it's going to scholarships for these kids? Like that, that is really cool. And that got me just really even more excited to give that money away. And so it's, it's not that some of the biggest nonprofits aren't worth supporting, that the Red Crosses of this world aren't doing great work or anything like that. But we would say giving locally often gives you the clearest window into the impact your money is having. And that can be powerful. Totally agree. Yeah. It, like when we are able to connect our giving to the work being done, I think that's going to get us excited to give even more money down the road. Uh, but let's talk about giving to have the most impact. And a lot of this is going to have to do with, first of all, personal preferences, right? As to which issues that you see being the most important and some of the different organizations that are addressing some of those issues. Uh, but even when you hone in, on the specific areas that you would like to impact, not every charity is created equal. Uh, there are often many, many multiple different organizations doing very, very similar things. <laughs> For instance, if you wanted uh, to support families of fallen soldiers, that's a great cause. But make sure that you vet the charities doing this work first, because there's some ones out there that aren't so great. We would positively point people to, uh, to some sites to research charities uh, like charitynavigator.org, charitywatch.org, and greatnonprofits.org. These are all awesome sites. And the ratings, the analysis that these sites offer, they can help you to, to feel confident that the money that you're giving away, that it's being used effectively. Yeah. And if you legit have no idea where to even consider giving your money away, these sites can help with that too, right? Charity Navigator, for instance, has some uh, they've created some cool curated lists that are worth looking at based on different causes that might resonate with you. And you can you can even look for charities doing the best work in, in basically whatever particular arena you care the most about, like protecting the environment or reducing homelessness. Great nonprofits, that site does a good job helping you see solid organizations near where you live. And so, yeah, a few minutes of research can help give you greater confidence that the charity you're giving to it's using those funds in an effective manner. These sites basically have different rating systems for these charities. And you can see, oh, are they spending a lot on overhead or are they giving a lot of money directly to the people that they serve? And, and plus, it helps you to avoid fake scam charities, which, yes, those exist. And it gives you the perfect retort if you prefer to not give your money away on a whim when asked. For instance, Matt, when someone knocks on my door asking for donations, I say, hey, what's the name of your organization? I need to research it first. And so uh, they know that I'm not going to give my money to them in that interaction. Maybe I will at a later date, but I need to go check them out first to, to make sure, one, that it's an actual organization, and two, that I align with it, and then three, that, that they're going to use that money effectively. Totally. Yeah. I will say the last time someone came to our door, they had their Charity Navigator rating. Oh, ready. So to, helpful. Ready to deploy. Well, that might disarm me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But simultaneously, I think we also need 
to feel comfortable uh, in politely declining. Sure. Right. Because it, it, not to say that whatever. OK, great. I see that you get a 98 percent on Charity Navigator. That's awesome. Uh, and not to say that the work that you're doing isn't important, but it may not necessarily perfectly align with how it is that you want to spend your money. There's a lot of different organizations out there. And so or I you think, might already be pot committed with your. Sure. You've budgeted it out. And guess yeah. what? You've got those uh, donations. Exactly. They're, they're recurring. And sorry, there's not enough left over, exactly. even though you're doing great work. But I'll consider you in the future. Yep. And so I think you also need to basically have the, the guts to let somebody down, <laughs> unfortunately, because that's every dollar that we are spending, whether on ourselves or on somebody else, is money that you're not going to be able to, to give to a different organization. So just keep that in mind as well. But um, one other sort of technical thing that's worth touching on is, uh, are the tax benefits that you get by giving your money away. Of course, not everyone is going to be eligible for a tax deduction based on the giving, because when the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it you know, when it passed, it massively increased the standard deduction, meaning that far fewer your folks are going to itemize their taxes and a huge percentage of folks won't see a decrease in their taxes because of how much that they uh, they give away. Uh, but if you do itemize your deductions, make sure to keep track of the money that you're giving away so that you can snag that tax deduction on your gifts. Uh, and again, hopefully this is intentional giving, but you won't be surprised when you get a year-end statement from, <laughs> from an organization. Hopefully you'll be looking forward to that. You'll be counting on it as opposed to it showing up because you maybe gave away some of your money uh, in a non-intentional way. But let's say that you aren't terribly far away from itemizing deductions, uh, but you're not there yet. It might make sense for you to batch or to clump your giving. That can be a little easier said than done. But if you're keen to get at least a little bit of a break from Uncle Sam, from the IRS, being strategic with when it is that you give, that can give you a tax benefit that you might not otherwise receive. And so what we mean by that is let's say that... You're going to give away $20,000 this year. You're going to give away $20,000 likely next year. Well, if there's a way that you could either give a full 40000 now, itemize your taxes this year, but the next year take the standard deduction or vice versa. Instead, take the standard dedu- deduction this year, uh, commit that money at the beginning of next year, and then make your, your final year-end donation at the end of next year, and then you can itemize next yeah. year. But finding a way to maximize that, that tax break, it's definitely a nice little perk that you want to make sure that you're aware of. Yeah, it can be... A little bit of that cherry on top, but mm-hmm. but you're right, man. They, they, that also, <laughs> let's say you're tr- you're planning on giving twenty thousand dollars away this year and twenty thousand next. In your scenario, most people don't have that reservoir of forty k sitting there right now. Sure. So it, it can make sense for some people. It makes and, sense for again all those planners out there, who, yeah, who are starting to take their their giving a little more seriously and mega savers. And so maybe they do. Uh, they have all that cash on hand. They plan ahead. They give it all this year to get the additional tax benefit, and they don't give anything next year. And they're building up their war chest to do the same thing in twenty twenty four. Right. Go. But and donor advised funds, by the way, we should mention those. Those are worth considering for the high rollers out there because this is a great way to be able to set aside money for giving in a single year in order to get that tax benefit, but to be able to disperse those funds over time. And the cool thing about a donor advised fund is that you can invest those dollars that you plan to give away, allowing them to grow. So it's a way to feel like you're being even more effective uh, with the dollars that you're planning to give away because you can grow them in the meantime. And and you can open one through your favorite low-cost investment firm like Fidelity. Another great option is a website called daffy.org. We'll link to these sites in, in the show notes, but this is a nonprofit itself that keeps the costs incredibly low for normal folks who don't have millions of dollars to give away. We really like what they're doing in the space. And, and so if you're an optimizer and you want to you want your giving dollars to be used the most effectively. You want them to be 
literally invested in the market so that over time, as the market bounces back, you have more dollars to give away just because of the mechanics of how you're giving your money away. Donor advice funds are a really cool tool to be able to do just that. That's right, man. And so no matter where you are on your journey towards some financial freedom, we hope that you are encouraged, right? Like the last thing that we want is for anybody to hear this and feel laden with guilt. Uh, that is not what we're trying to accomplish here. But I think there, there might be a lot of folks who have been so focused on optimizing their money over the past four or five years. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, I have never considered giving some of my money away because it didn't make sense from a financial standpoint. I wasn't going to be able to get that tax deduction. So why would I even consider it? Well, we pointed to a lot of other reasons (laughs) why we think you should consider giving your money away. And even if you feel like you're fairly cash strapped, we do think it's at least worth thinking about giving some of your money away. We think there are some different creative ways that you can pare back some of your spending uh, to funnel some of those dollars towards some of the different organizations that you might find will have a positive impact, not only on your community, but eventually the world. Yeah, and it's it's fun to be able to give your money away and to be able to see it being used in an effective manner for causes that you care about. And and we, it makes me think, Matt, there, there is, we think frugality is great. We praise frugality almost all the time. Like we think that cutting back on expenses is a great thing to focus on, but it's possible to have too much of an emphasis on frugality, mm-hmm. to not think enough about how to grow your income, to not think enough about starting a business or multiple streams of income or investing for your future. Well, I think the same thing can be true. Like it's, it's a great thing to save more of your money, but can you put too much emphasis on that? To the exclusion of giving money away? We think yes, like mm-hmm. that's possible too. And there is- yeah, Unfortunately, charity can be a casualty of being overly frugal. Yeah. yeah, and the reality is that your relationship with money might not be as healthy as it otherwise could be if you were to part with your money more frequently by giving it away to nonprofits in need, to organizations doing work in your community. So mm-hmm. it is one of those things where, yeah, to, to remember that money is not the ultimate goal, that it's just a tool to be able to accomplish things that you care about in this life, well, Charity seems like it should be a part of that then. It seems like it should be something that we are funneling more and more of our money towards as we get better with it, as we make more financial progress. That's right, man. All right, let's uh, shift gears and get to the beer. You and I enjoyed a peach cobbler uh, by Shades Brewing. What were your thoughts on this one, buddy? All right, so this one was a little mouth puckering. It was. It had some peach fuzz action going on. For a Georgia boy, this was right up my alley. It had a little bit of graham cracker, a little bit of vanilla going on, but it was it was mostly to me. I got I got peaches out the wazoo, mm-hmm. and I yeah I enjoyed this because a peach sour that's money in my book. Yeah, it it wasn't overly sweet, so it definitely kind of had the uh, slightly underripe peach yes. kind of <laughs> action going on. But it completely gets me in the mood for the tomorrow, the Thanksgiving dinner that most of us are going to be able to partake in, which also gets me thinking, peach cobbler, If what's your favorite of the different fruit pies or cobblers Ooh. out there? Do you have a favorite? I mean, I kind of like all of them, but yeah, pe- peach cobbler, apple pie. Apple baby. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you, Two you, of the best. you can't beat apple. Do you, do you like uh, pumpkin pie? I'm not a huge pumpkin pie. Oh. I, I like pecan pie though. Yeah. Especially, pecan. Especially with some ice cream heated Pe- up. Oh yeah. Base any pie with some that's that's <laughs> warm all with some ice cream on top. Yes, totally the way to go. But we hope that everyone out there that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow, uh, and do take some time aside and express some of the gratitude for the many blessings that we have in our lives, and specifically to challenge yourself and to see if there's ways that you can share that with others. 
that was our goal for this episode. And we'll make sure to link to some of the different resources, uh, specifically some of those different charity research websites. We will link to them in our show notes at howtomoney.com. No doubt. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.